Hi guys, welcome back to Vox Tablet, the weekly podcast of Tablet Magazine. I'm your host, Sarah Ivry. Today, old Jews telling jokes. The phenomenon of old Jews telling jokes is not a new one. They've been doing it, I imagine, at least since the beginning of time, and in a much more viral way since 2008. That's when the video series Old Jews Telling Jokes first debuted online. The videos quickly attracted a following, and they've now been viewed by millions of people. Now, Old Jews Telling Jokes hits the stage in an off-Broadway production that blends cabaret, vaudeville, and traditional theater. The jokes featured in the shows are classics. Many of them are decades old. Eric Malinsky tells us how a collection of tall tales about rabbis, doctors, and plumbers became a night of musical theater. If you want truth in advertising, there are two shows on Broadway that live up to their titles, Death of a Salesman and Old Jews Telling Jokes. It's sort of like the Jewish laugh with some tom. You know what tom means, soul. Marilyn Sokol is one of the performers in the show. She's a hired gun. She wasn't part of the project from the beginning. Back in 2008, before it was a show, before it was a book, the Old Jews franchise started out as a series of web videos. Actually, it started when the filmmaker Sam Hoffman had an epiphany. Why don't we get my dad and his friends and shoot them telling jokes? But we'll, we'll give it a style, you know, we'll make it look beautiful. And it'll, it'll be funny, but as a little bit of a bonus, it'll be portraits of people who've lived a little bit. Each video looks the same. Yiddish music plays under the title. We cut to an old person delivering a joke right at the camera. The background is pure white. It actually looks kind of like an Apple commercial, except instead of an iPhone, it's an old Jew. Jake dies. Becky goes to uh, one of those mediums, and the medium looks into her crystal ball, and a voice comes out. He says, Becky. He says, is that you, Jake? Me, Becky. How is it, Jake? Becky, it's wonderful. Every day I wake up, first thing I do in the morning is I have sex. And then I have some breakfast. And then I take a little nap. Sex again, and then lunch, and then a nap. Sex, nap, food, wonderful. Jake, you're so lucky. Heaven must be wonderful. He says, who's in heaven? I'm a bull in Montana. (laughs) When a person of a certain age lands a joke and gets a laugh, they become 10 years old for like a second. Some of them do a little dance. Some of them laugh and chuckle, please, with themselves. All of the reactions are without the cynicism of age. After that first season, I saw it, and I wrote to these people, and I said, who are you, where are you, and how do I get on your show? One of the first fans of the series was Daniel Okrent. He's got an impressive resume. He was the first public editor for the New York Times, but he's also a joke fanatic. Dan came uh, immediately. He he actually came from his colonoscopy to our session and told four jokes. (laughs) So that's dedication. In some of the videos, you can actually see the Band-Aid flapping on Dan's arm where he had 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 his um, IV. Feldman comes down to breakfast one morning. He's sitting at the table having his breakfast. His wife's across the table, as usual, with the newspaper in front of her. She suddenly drops the newspaper, looks at him and says, I'm through with you. He says, what are you talking about? We've been married for 40 years. He says, yeah, and for 40 years, you've been a schmuck. The day I met you, you were a schmuck. I just didn't realize it. For 40 years, you've been the essence of schmuckness. You are such a schmuck, you're the second biggest schmuck in the whole world. Feldman says, if I'm such a schmuck, how come I'm only the second biggest schmuck in the world? Because you're a schmuck. (laughs) After Okren's joke went online, 
he got a call from his friend Peter Gethers, who's a top editor at Random House. Gethers suggested that they buy the rights to the site and build a live show around it. They'd hire comic actors that can deliver jokes night after night and do a few songs. They thought it would be a cabaret act, but they ended up structuring the show loosely around a character named Saperstein, who we follow all the way from Briss to Shiva. What we found is the funniest jokes are the jokes that actually come later in the show because the worse life is, the older you get, doctors, dying, disease, death, those are the most hilarious jokes in the show. I have a joke for you. Guy walks into a New York restaurant, he walks up to the maitre d', he says, pardon me, sir, how do you prepare your chicken? The maitre d' says, we tell him right up front that you're going to make it. Todd Sussman is one of the actors in the show. He worked on classic sitcoms like MASH, Barney Miller, and Newhart. I interviewed him in a deli, which explains all the clanking plates in the background. He says the key to telling jokes is to keep it simple, which is not easy. They have to become second nature, in your bones, if you will, and that's the first thing I want to do. So I do a lot of repetition on my own. I work with a handheld tape recorder, anything that will make it spontaneous. And once I get it spontaneous, once I get it in my bones, then whatever there is individual about me is infused into the delivery. Marilyn Sokol has a similar method. I used to be very challenged by geometry, and I'd come home, and I'd say, okay, I can do it in 13 steps, but I know I can find a way to do it in three. It's very useful with acting and certainly with comedy. Peter Gethers wants you to know that the show is not full of jokes that only Jews can appreciate. Part of the point of the show, and it's not just jokes, we have some, we hope, touching moments and some nice observations about life is that everyone does have a little old Jew somewhere within him or her, and that's what we're trying to tap into by showing you how to laugh at everything terrible in life, basically. But Daniel Okren says that Jews make natural joke-tellers for a reason. It's I think, comes from uh, centuries of oppression and repression and exile, and you deal with pain by telling jokes. At the core of almost all humor is tragedy, and who's got more tragedy than the Jews? Is there something about the timing? Timing. Of, yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> An old joke I couldn't resist. <laughs> there you go. The jokes are old. Sam Hoffman admits that some of them are pretty dated especially the jokes about marriage and sex. There's an indication that sex is very much pre-sexual revolution, that it's this thing that's kind of either sort of held as a fantasy for premarital men, or it's something that's sort of withheld for power by from married men. This man goes to see his rabbi, and he says, Rabbi, my wife is poisoning me. I know she's poisoning me. And the rabbi says, calm down, calm down. No, no, I know, but I need your advice. I don't know what to do. The rabbi says, well, give me a chance to talk with her, and then I'll get back to you. About three days later, the rabbi calls the guy, and he says, "Um, I had a long talk with your wife. I talked to her for three hours. And he says, yes, yes. So what's your advice? Take the poisoned. Comedy has changed a lot since these jokes were written. Today, young Jewish comics are more political, conversational, self-referential, even surreal. Think Andy Samberg or Mark Marin or Chelsea Handler. Comedy isn't structured in the same way anymore. You couldn't tell a joke without sort of winking at it. Now it's different. I mean, we get very funny things online, but it's more likely going to be a YouTube, YouTube video yeah. uh, or it's going to be a, you know, something that's visual. Um, but the oral tradition may be going away. So laughing at these jokes may be a way of preserving them. 
and a little piece of the generation that likes to tell them. I have this theory that jokes are time capsules. I have one joke that is four different men from four different parts of the country telling the exact same joke. They never met each other before, but they tell it so similarly that I'm able to cut them together into one joke. Yes, it is a cultural treasure. And a dirty joke about a yarmulke. Saul and Bessie have been madly in love for many years. Saul and Bessie, an elderly Jewish couple, uh, they're going to sleep one night. And they still sleep naked. The husband wakes up in the middle of the night, goes to the bathroom, leaves the seat up. And Becky goes to the bathroom in the middle of the night. Saul says, where are you going? She says, well, I have to go to the bathroom. Doesn't turn the light on, sits down, bingo falls in. Saul called the plumber. You got to get a plumber. You got to get me out of here. Plumber rings the bell and Saul, and Saul says, let me in. She says, Saul, you can't leave me. I got nothing to wear. Says, He'll see me. He says, look at me. I'm exposed. You bring a plumber in here? Well, at least give me your yarmulke. He says, hold on. Takes off his yarmulke and puts it over her private parts. So she does that. It brings in the plumber. Plumber surveys the situation. Hmm. Husband said, what do you think? Says, Saul, I can get her off the bowl. I can save your wife, but the rabbi, he's a goner. But the rabbi's a goner. But the rabbi's a goner. For Tablet Magazine, I'm Eric Malinsky. Old Jews Telling Jokes is currently in previews. It opens on May 20th at the Westside Theater in Manhattan. Meanwhile, after a long hiatus, the Old Jews Telling Jokes video series is back with a new season. It was filmed in Boca Raton, that's Florida, if you don't know, and it features their very first centenarian. We welcome your thoughts on our podcast today, and we would love to know your favorite jokes, no matter how old they are and no matter how old you are. You can email us at podcast at tabletmag.com. You can also post a comment on our site. We welcome them all. Vox Tablet is produced by Julie Subrin. I'm your host, Sarah Ivory. We hope you'll join us again next week.